Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Right then, episode 20 of the Midnight Pod, um, third episode in Dubai. You may, may have noticed obviously a different background and shit. Looking a lot better than last time. We've managed to get the the light sorted out. I'm on the green tea instead of red wine, which is probably good for a Monday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have James Watts and another person that's been like on my radar, I guess, a little bit like friend of friend of friend yeah. sort of thing. Mainly Tyler, isn't it? Good yeah, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, um, I originally saw you because you had like the same car as me like a year and a bit ago, two years ago, whenever that was. And I was like, what the fuck does this guy do? And then I spoke to Tyler and he's like, oh yeah, you should definitely get him on the podcast. Interesting guy interesting story with multiple different things I think you've done which we'll dive into um, but yeah I, I guess like every episode I never really do my fucking research I just use it as an excuse to meet someone and then kind of peel their mind back and see what's going on and just learn about new people really so I guess the first question I feel like I need to move this a bit closer is really just fucking tell me about yourself like what's the story up until now to an extent and, and we can dive into a load of different shit I think first off I got into entrepreneurship back in 2019 I got scammed with Forex signals only two years ago binary options I thought you had this shit for years Um, no so this was 2019 I got scammed with some binary option signals yeah um, and then I started learning that and then I started selling signals on the side but there's a difference between binary options and Forex so we moved more into Forex learning how to trade selling signals and then yeah Turns out that's not a good idea to do. So I spoke with a solicitor, like just thought, is this clear to do? What's good? They said no. So I moved into courses. Um, we scaled. So I tried organic, um, organic affiliate marketing stuff. I tried paid everything. It took me about two and a half years to learn how to sell courses. Um, and then we scaled my Forex product to like 300K a month, first month. Um, and I just run that for a while. And then I just got so sick of Forex. Um, I stopped and then I started a restaurant that was a that was a fun time so we started a restaurant for the beginning of COVID wait sorry you're going so quick I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to guide you on this who's we because oh, it's, like, it's good but if people watching are going to think wait what the fuck there's a lot of information here because I'm already thinking who's we so okay, who's so we the team you with friends brother so with the restaurant um, I basically met this guy who had a franchise in London and after quitting all the Forex stuff and just cancelling everything of that in my life and I was like what the fuck do I want to do now um, yeah. I come across this restaurant and I was like fuck it I'll do that so I tried that um, the guy was like massive con man massive Ponzi scheme like he got into one of my mates whole friendship groups scammed them all out and then COVID hit and then I just lost a ton of money on the restaurant um, but yeah most of the Forex stuff I did myself um, and then the restaurant was partnered with him so he was my franchise all but 
it's a very very weird relationship he's been he's since been locked up he's now in prison for running like a five million pound ponzi scam but the the burger was the burger restaurant was like his front so it was his legit side of the business to perceive himself as being a good businessman like yeah take people to his franchisees um restaurants play off as his I mean, it from his perspective it's smart as fuck because if yeah. he can get other people to spend their money on restaurants like for me I was at like a really low point in my life I just broke up with my girlfriend it was a really bad time I was like I've just done that yeah <laughs> I'm to go. oh mate yeah honestly for me it was like get into that yeah it was like the worst year of my life so I just I'd quit everything FX based I've I'm thinking I'm, I'm like low of low now like I've got some savings I've I'm thinking what the fuck do I want to do and I where, I've, where it's always been online I wanted something physical so I wanted to do something physical where I could actually like see the people I was serving yeah I feel that yeah and then yeah that was then COVID hit and I mean I was paying out like 30k a month in expenses with nothing coming in for months because of COVID and we ended I ended up liquidating of like half a mil loss on that company and then that led me into another year of just being down and then I basically so I wanted to start an online course again because that's I really enjoyed the marketing like one thing when I was running the restaurant we were running this like Facebook ad strategy getting people into the restaurant for free yeah. net positive on the first visit it was epic um, and then after the restaurant died I wanted to start another business so I, I had two things it was I want to help people build courses or I want to help another type of business with Facebook ads digital marketing systems but yeah for like a year for a year long sprint I was just in this big rut of feeling like feeling like I wasn't qualified enough to teach and just not doing anything and then I spoke to Tyler actually because I came up with the idea for teach teach.io which is a yeah because I saw you working on that that looks that looks sick yeah so I came up with the idea for that when I was out here in Dubai uh, when I just moved here earlier on this year yeah and I'm literally so basically teach.io is a platform that's Facebook groups Slack channels, Telegram channels, course hosting platforms, one-to-one messaging, integrated Zoom, everything all under one roof for coaches, course providers, as opposed to like other platforms, their sole thing is just deliver content. So we, I wanted to put everything like under one roof. Like Kajabi and shit. Yeah, like Kajabi, they have like a group add-on. It's good, but I feel like they're very focused on content distribution hmm. and the group is, an, is like a bolt-on thing. So I wanted to create something where the core features were that the core features are not bolt-ons um so when that come about i spoke with tyler and he was like why don't you start teaching people how to build courses like you've been doing this you've been doing like 300k months for however long like why aren't you teaching this and the reason i didn't is because i thought there's so many like coaches that help coaches that help coaches out there it's like a it's like human centipede of coaches i I didn't want to teaching marketers how to do marketing yeah and i felt like i i felt like it was saturated that i didn't want to go into that because I'm just going to be competing against everyone else who's selling 5k high ticket programs on how to build a course. And it felt very, I don't know, it felt very saturated. But after speaking with Tyler, he was like, at least you're building an audience. So I've built my program. I now help people scale up their own courses. And the whole, the whole philosophy is I teach people how to sell courses. And then the first thing they're going to need is a software to sell it on. So I, instead of spending money on ads to find a customer, I spend money on ads the customer pays me and then I use that money to develop the platform so any money I make from courses goes directly into the software to make it better so I'm, I'm net zero this is, on that is this createandscale.com yeah createandscale.com which yeah. I'm probably going to rebrand under teach like teach.io academy I'm a bit unsure yeah, yeah. on that but um, yeah so now I help people 
create their own course, scale it up. And then as soon as they're ready to launch, it's cool. Hey, here's Teach.io. You can have early access, host your content on there, manage your clients on there, files, everything. So it's, I don't know, it's, if you, if you look into click, have you ever looked into click funnels and their yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. So their story was, um, I've actually met Russell Brunson at it? some event. I mean, he's a bit of a fucking neek, isn't he? But he's a very yeah. successful don. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he's a yeah. very, very smart guy. And like, for some reason- He looks reason, like a child when he's like 40 yeah, odd years old. And he's way too excited. Like, Yeah, I mean, mad success though. I, I, put, I think Kajabi's a nicer platform though. I mean, I've got very limited experience. I've always, I've, I've yeah. got a course recently, but it's not my main thing. I've always been product, so you can't, you know, Shopify. But yeah, so I started off on Teachable and I didn't yeah. even know of Kajabi. Played around with that. I think Kajabi's way better. Yeah, Kajabi are definitely way more focused. More I comprehensive, think, I think. Yeah, and they offer, they offer so much more. They've actually just taken on half a billion in funding. So they've taken oh, really? half a billion on VC, which is mm. scary for me because I'm up against people with like mm. literally like nine figure fundings, which is uh, be fun for the ride, isn't it? But yeah, so they've taken on killer funding. Teachable just sold for 250, uh, 250 mil, which just means someone's got a shit ton of money they want to plow into that as well. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely going to be a fun ride, but... So are yeah. you going, would you consider it a competitor to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd consider myself a complete competitor to Teachable, Kajabi, Thinkific. They're like my three biggest yeah, competitors. Yeah, yeah. But at the moment, we're in beta phase, so people are only getting on um, through me if they've already got a course ready to go. And we're literally just testing like very first stages now. Yeah. So we spent the last six months building platform. It's just been, it's been fun. But if you ever get into software, it's like the... So I, it started off at a quote of £40,000 to develop MVP level yeah. one I'm now at 100k um, just be, just because I get I get in and I'm like oh I haven't thought of this let's add that yeah. and the the developers I hired to build it they said to me like because I imagine they get this all the time they're like they get people like oh you know what can you just add in this little feature and they think it's just adding it in like drag and drop but they've got to restructure the whole platform just to add in another feature mm. so we signed contracts to say that this was the final product and anything else is build extra but yeah I mean I've spent more on the additional than I have the the core product but yeah like MVPs are supposed to be minimum viable product but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just my, mine's a full blown platform now like I just I just gave out I, I guess I'm just so confident in it I just thought fuck it fuck the MVP just go straight to version one so yeah, that's that should be a fun ride. But yeah, so like everything forex spaces in the past now, restaurant in the past. But I think if I didn't do the restaurant, if I didn't lose all that money, I wouldn't have appreciated the online stuff. I wouldn't have moved out here, which is yeah. We I much prefer being here and doing online stuff and doing software. But I think that's ultimately what I wanted. I didn't I just wanted the purpose of working towards something like info products is cool, but it's very feels very empty because you never yeah. see your customer like yeah, yeah, it's very, very empty when you're dealing yeah. with like online students and stuff. That's a lot of different shit in like ten minutes. Um, yeah, but I feel like you've jumped so many things, and I, I want to do some. Go back to tw- tw- literally 2019 when you got started with entrepreneurship. Uh, like, yeah, so I at was all. You weren't doing anything prior to that. Okay, so like online prior to that, you, you I mentioned was, FBA off camera. Yeah, so and shit like that. In surely you started doing something no, before that. 2019, no, like two 2019, years ago. It must, no, 2016. Yo, fellas, quick one. 
first bit of promo for the pod, you may or may not have heard, I released a fucking e-com course a few months ago. Basically spent like six months making it because I was in between businesses, as you probably know, if you follow my shit. I must say, 12 hours long, it's fucking quality content. I was gonna drop it at like 1500 quid with some bullshit guru-y webinar and all that rubbish, but as you know, it's not my main thing. I'm working on a new brand right now, very, very fucking much in the trenches, which is why I think it's actually a better course than everything else out there, because it's built on real experience of my brands in the past and my current one. I think it's super, super valuable. If you're interested in e-com, you're already in e-com and you want it to get into e-com, zero to one, starting a brand from scratch, then definitely worth investing in. Link is in the bio of this video or podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever the fuck you're listening or watching and enjoy the rest of the pod. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, 26, I don't know why I got, it's because I've been dealing with this mortgage all day and this 2019 that I paid off that O2 debt and that's screwing me, but. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it must have been 2016. So I was working at Hendy Ford as a car wash boy, like shittest job ever. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's when I got into the FX stuff. But prior to that, I, I, did, I did things like, um, do you ever remember Soundman Car Audio from the States? I don't know if you ever followed them. They're very no. car-based. So what they did is they found a way to take an iPad, utilize the internal magnets and build molds around it and stick it into a car dash. This is before CarPlay. Um, and I, I saw this YouTube channel and I, I always liked building shit. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do the same. So took my brother's iPad ruined it completely fiberglass and around it building molds yeah. i used to basically take people's dashes um and fiberglass in and bodywork in an ipad dash so this is like say this is before carplay where, where people could literally clip their ipad into their dash um and just like control the music and have the maps on it and that was sort of like the first stage of entrepreneurship for me um that was that was a complete failure because what I didn't account for was the bumps in the road. So yeah. it was being held in by the magnets on the top. And every time someone went over a bump, it would just drop out. So this was before Hendy. And I remember basically groveling to my nan, like, can I borrow some money to like pay back all these people who have bought iPad dashes off me? And they're just smashing their iPad dashes the second they go over a speed bump. Yeah. Um, so it was that. I, did, I used to like buy and sell headlights. So uh, car headlights that were really misty. Because I was always into cars, I'd polish them up, yeah, flat yeah. sand them back, sell them back on eBay again. I've tried phones. Just, I, I think you know. I think that's the first thing every entrepreneur does is probably something like selling sweets in school. Yeah, yeah. Selling. I used to drop ship headphones yeah. from between Amazon and eBay back in like 2014. Really? L- l- yeah. Make like a two pound margin on them. But you obviously know, no ad spend or anything. People, very, people very small were still scale. doing that with like retail arbitrage. Yeah, yeah, so exactly that retail arbitrage. Yeah. A friend of mine, he used to go to Tesco's and get lightsabers and sell them on Amazon. This was before they started getting products and stopping yeah, yeah. With brands and stuff. But yeah, he was making like probably like five grand a month just flogging these yeah, lightsabers. Yeah, smart shit to be fair. Yeah, so how did the Forex shit get started? Because that's where I first came across you, I think. Yeah, so for, yeah, because you had me blocked on Instagram, didn't you? And did I? Yeah, you had me blocked on Instagram, but it's probably because I was like just a Forex twat with all oh, the stories did, and did, stuff. Yeah. Did you notice that? Did you go on my profile? No, Tyler. Tyler said... Um, going to someone's New Year's Eve party when oh, you come and I was like oh who is it he said he sent me your Instagram I wait, checked wait a minute it. we've met before yeah I've been to your flat yeah fuck I completely forgot about that yeah I came to your flat when you got your dog but oh, yeah. I was with Tyler about a year and a half ago yeah, yeah that's, I love that flat miss that flat you were so with sick. who are you living with I live with Fred and a guy called G- Connor at the time who we called Goose he was like a dropshipper. He never came yeah, out Yeah, that's it, yeah. Tyler said that he did dropshipping. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I was just with Goose, Tyler. if you're and- watching this, we need to have a catch-up. 
I haven't spoken to him for a yeah. while, but then he moved out shortly after that, and a guy called Junior moved in. But anyway, yeah. So I met, yeah. See, I met Junior in Dubai with Tyler. Oh, yeah. um, what was it? No, we just went. That's on the- funny. What's so you were you came to the flat, but I I was I blocked you, not knowing it was you. Um, I, I'd probably just blocked yeah. anyone that was promoting shit that wasn't econ because I was trying to stay focused. Yeah, you know That's what? So, so many people would had me blocked from like forex stuff. I've had so many run-ins with people that like, especially from Southampton. Like, I've hidden my stories from them back from the days when I was like promoting shit. Yeah, um, and I've had so many arguments like, why? Why are you like blocking? Why are you hiding me from your yeah, stories? Yeah, and funny. I'm just like, it's not that deep. Like, it's just Instagram. But yeah, so yeah, I've been to yours. But yeah, anyway, the forex stuff. Um, I got into that like signals binary options. Turns out that's not great. We moved into proper forex, not binary options. Who's we at this point? Um, there's a guy, a guy called Lee that I worked with years ago. Um, he's, yeah. So he's the guy who got me into it. He he signed me up to these binary options stuff, um, not knowing that it was anything bad. So well, yeah, I mean, I don't know the FX world, but I remember reading about because when I was going through all the fucking neon controversy, which is very yeah. different. But then I remember some guy messaging me and saying, he, "I'm not going to name him. You might know him." and said he had like similar issues because I got fucking bashed online obviously everyone knows that now yeah. but he said he got in trouble with the FCA who is it? I'm not going to say his name because he might not want me to um, I'll, say, I'll say afterwards yeah I, I don't know him yeah, personally so we've I, never met I def- but, there was I, definitely- and I was just like oh this is interesting but, but I still see ads now for like you know, forex stuff. I mean, I, I know fucking nothing about it. So what's the difference between signals and anything else? But I know a few people that have been done because they were managing money so like yeah. years ago there were a lot of people in the FX space taking people's money managing it under like a PAM account so it's like they sign over power of attorney they give you access to you'd think it's legit like you'd think oh I've signed over access he can trade my money FCA are like not a chance like you are literally controlling someone else's funds like it doesn't matter if they've signed a document to say you can you can touch it you're still getting fucked like so I know a guy back from where I'm from in the UK he got um, he got screwed he got dealt a big fine. I don't want to say names but yeah he dealt he got dealt a very big fine uh, I don't know the outcome of that but that was from managing accounts I believe yeah because yeah I mean from the outside looking in the, the, whole, the whole forex thing like obviously it's a bit of a fucking meme but you know X person gets a Lambo on finance yeah so they, they sell this they sell whatever it is signals we can get into that but and then you know they profit from people losing money it, I think is the so there's, there's is the negative stereotype yeah there's two types is that true like yeah so you've got binary options where people profit from losses and then you've got forex whereas where people so when you buy you know like when you exchange currency they'll give you one price for buying or one price for selling yeah. a broker makes the difference and then they can either pay you a small commission on that or you can just charge monthly or you can charge for a course there's, there's many different ways of doing it but yeah, yeah we, we were on a rev share of spreads so people so basically if someone lost their money and they couldn't trade anymore no more spreads so it was our job to make sure that they constantly had money they were constantly gaining money but the problem is that even even if so so say i took you on and you're making a million a year the fca is still going to be like not a chance so i spoke to my solicitor and he's like yeah it doesn't matter if someone's making money or someone's losing money or good or bad like it's still wrong so yeah i stopped that so sorry i'm I'm just digging because i genuinely don't understand it and i think it's fucking interesting space so how did you so eight well two questions how did you actually get started in the forex space and what was the model the so actual business model I got and how did that change over time before I, you then made the decision to move on somewhere else so I got started in the binary option space I got signed up to signals on that yeah um, and the guy was charging like a monthly fee 
So the guy who joined got me so to join. So you were a student originally? Yeah, and they yeah. were just charging a monthly fee after. Um, and the guy was clueless. I was clueless. I was working in a warehouse at this point. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a clue about it. I was just like, this is a new opportunity. Like, let's, yeah, yeah. let's go for it. Um, yeah, and then I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's do the market and let's, let's do that. So I was getting people on for him. We'd switched to Forex at this point. Binary options wasn't a thing anymore. What's the difference? Binary options is where they make money from losses, which yeah. is like complete scam. Like, it's been banned now and it, it should be banned. Yeah. Forex is where they make money from spreads. Um, so the broker will make money every time you place a trade, every time you close a trade. They'll adjust the spreads depending on market conditions. Like, yeah, just Forex is, is legit and sustainable. Binary options is banned now anyway. So what was the model when you, when you were doing Forex then? Get, join someone up, give them a trial, and then after, charge them for signals. So charge them monthly for signals after they've experienced it for 30 days, 14 days. Yeah, yeah. And then, then we upsell them to like ebooks, programs, yeah, yeah. courses, and all that stuff. But the problem was giving someone financial advice wasn't allowed. Like telling someone, I think <clears throat> you should do this is complete no-no, which I didn't realize at the time. So that's when I made a switch to courses. Um, because courses yeah. is just like opinions. Courses is this is my experience over five years. Yeah, yeah. So, so you'd obviously film it. This is how I approach FX to make money X, Y, Z. As opposed to this is what I'm doing right now. You should do this today. Yeah, so it's like... That's hit, the difference. Yeah, so like, say for example, you said to someone, okay, here's how I do product research. Yeah. yeah. That would be your understanding. If you turned around and said, buy this product, yeah, yeah. and that product flopped on Amazon or Ecom. yeah that's the difference like because you're even if even if you said I genuinely believe this is the good product it's still like hinting that it's a good buy so you basically instead of being this is the product to buy you have to be like this is the method I use to do my product research this is the method I use to find winning products go off and do it yourself because I can't help you any further and that's that's the problem with a lot of forex stuff is because I've seen people selling signals and yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I still see people doing that that stuff now. Like, I get I got an ad the other day from some like 16 year old kid in a Gucci top on YouTube, and it was yeah. like almost like, how the fuck is this a legit ad? But clearly working, so it keeps coming up. Yeah, I think there's I think there's so many I different think ways. You're selling some signal something. Yeah, probably like a monthly. It was like trade with me, like text me all this bullshit. It's mate, it's everywhere. So now. is he gonna get screwed? It it, it depends on it depends on what he's selling. Like if it's signals, if he's selling a course, like he could be selling an ebook. Um, yeah, but there, there is also things like you can sell analysis so you can be like okay here's my opinion on the market but mm-hmm. not give a biased opinion just be like this is it so I could share a market update and say okay like the dollar's looking strong I, <clears> it can go one of two ways it could go to this level it could go to this level like you're not giving someone a biased opinion you're just saying yeah, yeah. here are the facts here are the two potential outcomes do what you want with it so there's there's many different ways in which you you can be very careful with it if, you, if you're going to outright take someone's money and trade it for them so there was a guy called Elijah Efeso back in the day mm. I don't know if you've seen him no. he used to well as far as I'm aware I don't want to get done for slander or anything as far as I'm aware he was taking yeah. people's money trading it and just doing what he wanted with it and I believe he got locked up and stuff but it's the it's the same as what Jordan Belfort was doing if, you, if you're going to take someone's money like Jordan Belfort back in the days I believe was taking people's monies and just pump coining it like crypto like yeah it's just yeah it's like a mad space at the moment but yeah so I decided to quit that go completely into courses 
um, Forex courses. Yeah. yeah. So I had mine the Forex. When was hub. this? Um, this was prior to the restaurant. So this was before. Yeah, we can, we can get onto the restaurant. I want yeah. to have like a, a timeline. This was restaurant was there. last year. So this was the end of the year before, which was end of 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I scaled my course up to like 300 um, k a month uh, with yeah. a completely automated webinar system. This is but Facebook ad CPMs were dirt cheap. I was getting yeah, like it was webinar a lot leads. cheaper even 2019. To be fair. Yeah, I was getting I was getting webinar leads at like 45p to a pound, like Fucking dirt hell. cheap. Like yeah, max was like four pound a webinar lead, and we were spend we scaled to spend. I say we, it's just me, but um, like people I was working with, I, I had a yeah, team yeah. of people, um, like customer service and that. Scaled to like three and a half, four grand a day, running at like a one three ROAS. So like we were spending a like hundred grand a month, three hundred grand revenue, and because it's a completely automated system, there was there's no lag. It's like someone comes in the system, yeah. they watch a webinar. If they don't like the webinar, they get sent free trainings, free trainings, free trainings, free trainings, FAQs, more content, more content. If they want to buy at the end, they can buy. If not, they don't. Yeah. And what platform is this built on? ClickFunnels or what? Um, so I use ClickFunnels for landing pages. I used uh, EverWebinar for the webinar software. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used Keep Infusionsoft for... A load of shit. Yeah. Sounds but, com- Confusionsoft, I've heard it's called. Yeah, yeah literally like... I've I've heard that so many times, and it's 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 a really good software. But if if you're not like heavy in marketing, just if you're you say you're like a small business owner just looking for a little bit of marketing on the side, you're never gonna never gonna understand it. Yeah. But, yeah. So I used about four or five different softwares. Like ManyChat, we were sending. Oh yeah. Um, ManyChat's good. Webinar notifications through ManyChat, like hey, webinar starts in ten minutes or webinar starts tomorrow. Like yeah, we're using so many different softwares. But it took me six months to really build out this whole system, and then just went for it ramped up the spend yeah and yeah like and but what was the what was the ticket price of the primary a thousand yeah one thousand dollars um for the course yeah and then we didn't have any upsells we didn't have any back-end upsells mm. um obviously i couldn't sell them signals because i didn't want to be i didn't want to be doing signals um so it was just a one one-time product um we're just running one of three rows consistently just for months yeah for it's like 200k a month net profit yeah yeah that's lit but very fucking lit and then I, I realised the forex space is like an absolute shambles yeah I mean yeah so again I've always been in the e-com space I mean, and, and and there's controversy in like e-com like people used to get shit for drop shipping like shipping times are bad you know there's fucking controversy in everything that does well the second people do well people start to throw shit in and say scam XYZ you know what it is but obviously spending that sort of money on Facebook ads was it Facebook and Google or just Facebook just literally just Facebook Facebook feed Instagram was very low like old school media buying yeah just yeah, it wasn't even 2019 and before I remember the times yeah. it wasn't even CBO back then just like yeah. just ad set so much fitting. fucking cheaper man Jesus yeah like now you're looking at probably like 20, 25 I think I was speaking of Tyler the other day he had like 30 pounds CPMs for his property product yeah, yeah and literally just, like, I think I was getting like 4 pounds CPMs back then 4 yeah. pounds CPMs I was running ads back in 2016 for yeah. e-commerce yeah. you don't realise the glory days until they've gone TikTok now is what Instagram was 4 years ago yeah years ago. I've been getting more into TikTok recently I mean we can get onto that but yeah fuck so yeah you're spending that sort of money 3-4k a day were you running it from your personal page or did you set up like a so, different no, so Instagram I had my, page no I had my personal Instagram page I had my personal like personal fan page it was like yeah, a yeah, yeah. business page with my name yeah. on it um, yeah I was just running it from that did for, you get a lot of hate from that 
Yeah, I had to hire someone to delete comments. That's what I mean, because, yeah, I, I've, I've been there back in dropshipping days and fucking Neon Beach, like, and obviously different because it wasn't me until it was me. But obviously that, your face is on it. It's yeah. you. Yeah, that shit would scare shit. me. Because obviously being like financial services and stuff, See, I was you can make a lot of money, but there's, I would imagine there's a fucking wave of hate that comes with that. So you can be as confident as you want in the product. Like, uh, a friend of mine, she sells her products to social media marketing. Like, yeah. her product is sick. The, the testimonials are unmatched, but she will still get hate on yeah, TikTok, sure. Instagram. Like, you, you could literally take <clears throat> every customer and make them 10 million pounds, and they would still turn around and someone's going to hate on you. There like, was some Don called like yeah. Rupert in his basement that's fucking wanking and writing hate comments. Yeah, lit, lit yeah someone in their mum's bedroom just having having a bad day and wanting to just comment on your photos. Like, I used to be really, really fat, like semi-fat now, like, I've lost a bit of weight, but yeah. all my comments were just like, you fat ginger. like <laughs> Fat ginger with a Lambo. Yeah, like fat ginger with a supercar. It is an interesting mix. Yeah. Definitely a scroll stopper. Because like most people you see driving nice cars are usually footballers, they're in shape or it's going to be an entrepreneur who's probably takes, looks after his body. Like there's me, just like fat ginger kid. Yeah, I'm not, not going to lie. I definitely remember seeing one of your ads, which is probably where I first came across you and just thinking, this is like an unusual... See, like, I tried not to use cars. Maybe with- that helped you though. Because you came across more... It's kind of the Ed Sheeran effect. I've just made that term up. But like yeah. more relatable. Yeah, I mean, you're saying yourself you were fat. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but like, yeah, if you get this shreddy guy in a Lambo, it's kind of less relatable. And the thing is, I, ne- I never really gave a fuck as well. Like, I'd post topless photos on Instagram and I'd just get hounded. There, yeah, there's yeah. a photo of me in um, California sat on a bike. Yeah. And the, I mean, I've archived most of my posts now because like the flexi posts are just yeah, cringe. Yeah. Just, I don't like it. But the comments on that were hilarious. People saying it looked like Jimmy from GTA. And <laughs> <Fuck's> <laughs> sake. I'm just on the pier with like a, with a bike. But yeah, like you definitely get so much hate and that there is, there is literally no escape. Like you could have the best product and people will, people will still go, I'll have to drive for it. But yeah, people will still go off at you. Like, yeah, I always like sarcastic joke about myself now in hindsight being like, I got all that hate online with Neon Beach and I lost seven figures. At least yeah. if you're fucking getting hate and you're making money, you can deal with it. Yeah, you know what? And I think... Whereas I lost money and got a load of hate. Don't get much worse. The, the, the bit that's always baffled me is that what the fact... Like, someone grew up... Someone was raised to be like, oh, I'm going to call this guy a fat cunt on Instagram. Yeah, I, I've... One thing I've said, and I'll say it until I fucking die, is like no one that writes hate comments online in any format ever in a public domain is going to be successful in, yeah. in any way or happy by the way well, this it's gets- just ludicrous like no one does that so I'll always bear that in mind if someone hates then it makes it easier to like accept I, I, I said this to- it's a reflection of them not you in most cases yeah I said to my housemate like it doesn't matter so I, I basically said to her like she should get on TikTok ads she should really push TikTok and yeah she's like she said that like a lot of Gen Z don't like it and a lot of people are going to come and hate. But I said, you're going to get 1% hate. You run at a 1%, 2% click-through rate and you can still run killer numbers. So like, yeah. as long as your product's good and your offering's good and you're still getting good numbers on your ads and you're still media buying properly, you, you're just going to get a fuck ton of hate, but you're still going to be running good numbers. Like, it, it, it just doesn't matter. You're just going to get hate regardless. But what gets even deeper was my dad was one of the people online comment and shit. Oh really? In so I, I stopped seeing my dad when I was six. He basically, I basically, so I stopped seeing him when I was six. That's when he broke up with my mum. And then yeah. I used to see him like here and there through school. I dropped out of school in year nine. It was just I was with my girlfriend in school at the time. 
broke out of uh but you fully dropped out when you're 14 uh yeah fully you, dropped you, out of school i went i went back for my test and that was it oh, okay um yeah so i was with my ex-girlfriend at the time but high school relationship like mm. i felt like my life was over like i'm like 13 14 like broken up my girl i thought my life was ended yeah um so i just thought fuck going into school and seeing her every day like just just high school loving i, I don't know why i was that yeah I, I guess i've always hated education but um so at that point my dad basically turned around and was like don't want anything to do with you if you can treat your Jesus he's like a joke don't don't want to speak to you don't want to hear from you ever again and I think that's my fuel I think that's the reason why I just push so hard in like online stuff or just business is because for me it's like well if my dad didn't want me for being like a school dropout in my head I'm like I just got to prove to myself that yeah. school wasn't the deciding factor yeah that's fucked what did you say he was writing hate comments yeah so there wasn't uh, when you hadn't spoke for years yeah we hadn't spoke for years um, there was an online forum called Piston Heads don't know if you know of it oh yeah yeah I've seen that yeah. and there was a thread it was like just found out my son's got a Lamborghini I'm like what the fuck like, what, why is this a thing and go on it and it's just my dad slagging me off like how's he got a Lambo like what's he doing this online stuff it's all like it's all shit and I was just like the fuck like this is my own dad I'm just like gobsmacked at the time but did you reach out to him or what or I, re- did he reach out I to reached you? out to him um, and let me see if I can find the text yeah fuck yeah so I just found him on I sent it to my mum so the um, the the Piston Heads article just pull that mic a little bit closer just yeah so the Piston Heads article was just discovered that my son has a Lamborghini Gallardo um, he was texting me 18 months ago asking for a website advice but unknown to him at the time my wife uh, had just passed away so I was a little abrupt then had a series of texts a week asking to meet up uh, this is like the snippet on the Google thing um, on the Google like snippet oh yeah, yeah. Um, 15 years ago my ex dumped me for a guy she's now divorced well, this is my mum I don't really know too much about that anyway so I sent this to my mum and and then I sent her the texts I said, did you start a thread about me on Pissing Heads? No, I didn't. Why do you ask? I know the forum been going on at 20 years. What's there to start a thread about? Um, um, was this the first time you'd spoke in years prior to that? I'd spoke to him like before, like a couple of years ago, asking for asking if he could help me with a website for... Um, yeah. Uh, for Amazon stuff, which is a whole other story. But um, I was just like, oh, you've been posting stuff about Lambos and like Forex and stuff. He's like, no, uh, all right, I was aware that you were involved with Forex. Uh, don't understand it. Wouldn't worry too much. Online forums. Um, but you, like, you, 100% it was him? 100% was him. And the reason I know that is because he's into online radio. Um, they have like call tags. So his is uh, like a letter. I don't want to say it on air. Letter yeah, number, yeah. three letters. Um, and I'd known that because like my mum had said it before so it's posted as an anonymous but you yeah know like as a was. username like if you ever joined a forum yeah, yeah, like yeah. you could put I don't know like ecom Matt like no one yeah. knows who that is but only people who know the name so I was like yeah I do worry um, when my partner's had to quit a job I sent my partner the link to this forum not reading the whole thing people slagging her off people slagging me off she ended up having a bit of a breakdown just mad story so I was like I do worry when my partner's had to quit a job he says, no, you don't have me on social. I looked at your Instagram page once. Sorry to hear. Then he put, okay, sleep for me now. Take care. So then, <laughs> 2 a.m., I'm like, funny you say that. You're the one out there taking the piss out of myself and Tom, digging a little. Wasn't hard. 
I thought you'd have a little more respect. Also, for someone who's he runs his own computer business, I said, for someone who's a computer whiz, it doesn't take a genius to check company's house. Um, and you'd have seen it was me. So he was talking that he didn't know it was me, like doing Forex products. Just playing dumb. Yeah, all you have to do is check company's house and hmm. my name comes up with my companies and stuff. Um, uh, for someone who's supposedly a computer whiz, doesn't take much. You'd see it was me. I'll even give you free access if you want. You can take the piss out of something I spent a year writing. Unbelievable. So then I gave him a link to my course. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I was like, go wild. Um, he didn't reply. I said, guess you're full of shit. When was this? This was... And was, it, was this the last exchange you had? Yeah, this is... Yeah, 2019. Uh, no, sorry, 2018. Um, for the beginning of 2018... Oh, a while back, yeah. Um, yeah, then I was... Where is it? What page are we at? Um, I said, look, I wanted to get in touch with you because my friend said his granddad died, he wished he'd saw him more, and I was thinking, fuck, I haven't seen my dad in years. Like, probably a good idea to rekindle something or just try yeah. and get on the same page. I wanted to understand more why he left. I mean, I now, I now know the reason, which I don't want to say on it, but... Um, yeah, I just went on hamming on the messages. Um, and he just basically just started groveling, saying, oh, I didn't know, just, yeah, shit. But so my dad was one of the people on there. Um, so have you rekindled a relationship since then or no? No, I text him. I've been texting him um, like two years ago. I texted him, like, oh, happy Christmas, didn't reply. I just thought, yeah, that's it, done. Like, there's no point trying to fight that. But Yeah. So the, the main thing was that I wanted to find out, like, why he did a runner basically I mean I've since realised that realised that he never wanted kids in the first place so it's like for him he was like rah this is this is an escape plan uh, this guy's dropped out of school I'm off like just the easiest escape plan ever but yeah um, yeah that that was a blast and I think I think that was like the time I thought you know what Forex stuff isn't great I did it for a bit longer and then yeah then we got into the restaurant which is a is a fun subject so I started that not last year the year before just on the on, on the the decision to sack firstly when did you completely sack off all, all the forex stuff so I'd been when running my this? course for like six months yeah. I'd net like a million uh, million profits from it um, and yeah. I just thought now's the time to one other thing just because I think I think Tyler mentioned this other day. I don't know, I don't know. he said that there was like some forex house in Southampton yes yeah, because so the reason I say that again I'm just fucking thinking out loud because I don't know it because there's one guy on Instagram again I won't, you'll know him but I won't say his name um, who I've, I've like DM'd back, back and forth a few times and he was asking about investing in my new thing and I was trying to figure out where he'd made his money and he's definitely a forex guy but again doesn't do it anymore and I was a bit like he wouldn't tell me how he'd made his money because I was like well I'm not going to let you invest in my business if yeah. I don't know what you've done sort of well, you just need to know where the money's come from yeah I was just like look it, yeah. like, you're, you're like 23 you seem to have millions in liquid like fuck his questions like, at least just tell me what you've done anyway um, I think he, he was part he was in those circles and I heard about this Southampton yeah, Forex so, house so I'm from Southampton similar to like e-com houses I've been in but yeah, yeah like, it's just a different sphere obviously I'm from What's Southampton and I moved to a place called Ocean Village yeah um it's like the only high riser in Southampton. It's not like literally that. I think just, I've been there like once for a car meet. Yeah, literally I moved there and then like someone else would move there. And 
next thing you know like all these people selling online products yeah. are in this one house and it's just yeah. it just got this just got the worst stigma like everyone's got fucking Lambos yeah. <laughs> like the residence group chat is like these fucking Lambos are pissing me off at two in the morning it was just yeah it was a blast but then yeah it just got it just got it just got its name for being that like everyone's involved in FX or selling some sort of like guru product yeah it's just living in this one area and it just got the worst rep ever yeah yeah because does anyone that you were living with doing it then, are they still doing it? Or did, is so it, did they all like make their money and, and bail sort of thing? No, I wasn't living with that anyone individually. It was just oh, that okay. yeah, everyone yeah. just moved to the same area. Oh, right. So got it. like yeah. people would just say that like everyone from Forex or yeah. this guru space is in this one area of Southampton, which was true. Everyone moved to this like, it's, it's like the nicest apartments you can get at Southampton. It's like, yeah. where else would you go if you've got like a decent amount of cash and you want to rent somewhere cool? Like, but these people are from Southampton or they all just emigrated um, it seems quite random to live there unless you're from Southampton I, I think, I think some people London? were from other parts of the country but yeah. I, I don't think it's like people moved to Southampton for that reason it's just coincidence yeah like yeah I don't even know why so I know I know one person who moved in from uh, more London way one person moved from more Somerset way and I don't really know why they moved there but yeah it's just just ended up happening being like the forex space of Southampton but yeah yeah it was a yeah. And is anyone that you knew from the space still printing cash in that area or not? Or, no. or, or do you think it was kind of 2019, 2020? So I saw a lot of it in 2020 in particular. I think... Because everyone was fucking at home. So the audience was there. Yeah, I think it, it, it's been through its high spell now. And I, you know what? Now there's more and more people jumping on the crypto hype. Yeah. Like for, Forex was a buzzword. So if you had a product in that space, it was like the second someone heard the word Forex, it's like, oh, I want to get on it. It's like the thing. Yeah. Now it's cryptos and NFTs and pump and dumps. Like I bought into his... Uh, yeah, fuck. Actually, I want to speak about it a little bit. Yeah, go on. I bought into... No, I can't... I can't even remember that. I can't even remember SafeMoon, is it? Oh, yeah, like I, jo- I joined SafeMoon. Yeah. Um, I joined HushCoin. Oh, that was... I put like yeah, five grand into that and like just lost it. coin. It's come rocket yeah. or some shit. <laughs> so many like bullshit crypto coins. But yeah, I put like five grand into one of them thinking it was going to pump. Just lost everything yeah do you know what and this can be controversial but I don't give a fuck because it's just true like the the whole like shitcoin space which I feel like peaked maybe like March this year and it's kind of come in waves now it's on obviously NFTs and so on yeah but my observation and, and I'm not I'm not a crypto guy like it's not my expertise so I could be wrong but like a, a lot of it certainly like the shitcoins and stuff it feels like because it's so anonymous compared to like e-com or like building a brand. And, and again, I'm probably saying this from a slight place of bitterness because I got fucking bashed when my brand went wrong and it was a genuine product. You know, 45,000 people still have those signs in the house and, you know, 5,000 people got screwed and they all get the money back in the end at my expense. But, and I got absolutely, you know, destroyed for that, lost a lot of money and it was a legitimate business um, that went wrong. Whereas you get all these shit coins, people are literally committing fraud yeah it's like SS like actual fraud stealing millions so there's and a, no one bats an eyelid because oh it's you know it's, it's it's hype yeah it's fucking criminal man well there's um there's an interview and, and, and you're not creating anything of value well this, this I, is my I get thing it, with crypto. but people that do rug pulls and shit how can they not get like outed well, and I guess it pisses me off because I got called yeah. out for something that was a genuine business. Completely legit, yeah. Like it's like me even with my forex stuff. Like good, like even with the course, like good product. You just get in. Yeah, no, up, I agree. Like even forex, I think is a lot more legit than these fucking shit coins. Yeah, well, like so the shit coins now, they're doing what Jordan Belfort did back in the nineties or wherever it was. Yeah, is they're getting people to. So the way the shit coins work now is 
I guess they'll buy in at like point zero zero, like basically floor price. Yeah. And they'll put 50K into this like token. They'll pump the token. They'll withdraw their cash and they yeah, get yeah. fucked. But yeah, like they're doing what Jordan Belfort got prison for. And there's even a podcast of him somewhere saying that like, it's just, it's a bit of a joke now because the, the SEC in America, they, they locked him up for it. But now there's like 18 year old kids with pump coins raking in like 10, 20 million. And it's Same with NFTs anonymous. to be honest. Like, and I'm definitely not saying any names on this because I, I know certain people that are involved in NFT projects and I'm sure some of them are watching but like and I've made my thoughts on certain parts of it clear and like I get it like it's the new thing maybe I'm just fucking bitter because I haven't made five mil from an NFT yeah. but like people like convincing themselves that they're making an NFT project and all you are doing is trying to rug pull 500 grand in a month that's it well, let's be honest you're not there's no genuine intent to make a utility so yeah this is the this like, is, it just baffles me that like no one is speaking about this this is my literally problem literally like scams going on everywhere I've and because it's so anonymous like the whole culture of crypto is like anon you know like obviously off the grid DeFi all the shit it's just which I get it's susceptible to scams in it like people with that's what I mean yeah so my my housemate she's mentioned she tried buying an NFT once and they said there was like a hundred available, but they they let a thousand go through. Yeah. So like everyone's buying them on the assumption that there is a limited quantity. Yeah, rarity. And there's not. It's it's just. Yo, fellas, quick one. You may or may not have noticed. There's been a bit of merch, so to speak, in recent episodes. We've got two different things. We've got some of the retro style OG neon beach posters that I designed like four years ago. You may have seen it on my Instagram. And then we've got some of the best selling OG viral style neon signs that basically did start that entire craze about two years ago now. So yeah, if you want to add something to your home office, your living room, just anywhere sick, basically that you want to add that extra thing to and support the channel, then you can check that out. Link is in the bio midnight.co forward slash shop and yeah just an aesthetic item to complement the process I suppose cheers for watching and enjoy the rest of the pod like, I've seen car manufacturers do it before um, they'll say like not on, the, not on the scale but they'll say there's 100 models and they'll release like yeah. 150 or 200 I definitely don't want to say the brand because I know that I know they're a yeah. bitch for coming to people for slagging off their brand but um, yeah that's just their cars set on fire I think we can both get to that point oh um, right yeah, yeah. They, they, they will literally say oh we're releasing 100 models and they'll release 200 300 and which completely have, defeats the rarity object yeah it, and yeah. you've just you've just dumped 200 grand into a car that is now not going to hold its money because there's, yeah, there's 500 it's of the them the same principle but like, yeah. that's my problem with crypto is everyone's chasing these hype coins trying to get rich but there is no the only the only way that crypto holds value is if someone else believes it's worth more than you. Like if I bought a Bitcoin for ten grand, the only way that I'm going to make money on that is if you believe it's worth fifteen. It's just like a it's yeah. like a self sustaining Ponzi scheme, and the last guy loses. Like whereas the only sure the only sure way to get rich is just to provide a product, serve the people, and you can. My view is. If I can serve the people with a product or service, software, whatever, it doesn't matter what currency we're in. If we're if we're if we're buying our breakfast, lunch, and dinner with cum rocket coins, I'll charge cum rocket coins like fifty thousand cum rocket coins yeah, for yeah. a yearly subscription. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what the pro- it doesn't matter what the product is. You can just switch the currency. Like, so I mean, if if someone comes to me and they're from USA and they're like, I want to pay in dollars, I'm cool. It's an invoice of dollars. Like. Yeah. It's the product that has the value. Like stocks, they have value because they actually go out and serve people. Like these, the crypto, I mean, cryptos are good if you want to get rich quick, but there's like half a percent of people in the world 
even making decent money off of it yeah i mean again like i'm not a crypto expert or even that fucking into it so like i'm not yeah i'm not there's obviously exceptions to every rule but yeah like it's it's a basic principle i i I see the long-term even though i don't there's elements that i still don't get but i understand bitcoin you know ethereum blah, blah blah i see it's probably a fucking sound investment over like five ten year period and I, that, that's one thing but yeah it's like it's, it's the, the shit coins and 99.9% of NFTs in my humble view that uh, yeah it's just baffling how people because it's so like anonymous is basically what I'm saying like people just are, are happy committing happy mass just, scale scams yeah. at least if, if an e-com brand goes wrong and I'm called a scammer. Your name's on company's house. I still house. know that, yeah, the fucking company's on company's house. I'm, there's, no, there's no skeletons in my closet. Like, there's also physical products in tens of thousands of people's homes, which in, give them some sort of value. That's like, it's I mean. a thing if you or a service, value, like a software yeah. people actually use. And I get, like, some people on, like, money Twitter especially will be like, well, if I can make money from crypto, you know, dodgily or not, then we're all in the game to make money. But... I, I genuinely don't see it that way. That's, I'd rather make money by doing something that actually provides. Even if it's just you know a clothing brand, like provides value to someone. This is the problem with crypto: is that people aren't in there for utility. People yeah. are in there because it it's literally one big hype. Like like, okay, I get Bitcoin is anonymous payments and Ethereum. Their blockchain has actual utility yeah, in that. Yeah, get that. I okay, I I genuinely believe that maybe Ethereum's network in the future we're not going to be signing housing deeds over. We're just going to be having NFTs yeah. for certificate of ownership. Yeah. When you buy a car, it's going to be domain. Domain names are basically NFTs yeah. because you can't have a replica of my domain name because there's only one. You can type teach.io into the browser. It doesn't mean it's linked to your website. Like It's the same thing. Like There is no value behind it. There's value in the in the structure of it, and I genuinely believe that in the future we're going to be buying when I buy say I buy a car off you you're going to be like cool I'll send you the NFT for ownership boom done there's there's no paperwork yeah I see that 100% but like crypto coins and pump and dumps like just so for for about three months I was really into like researching these hype coins trying to make some money off it and I just had to like stop myself and say you're never going to get super rich off pump coins the only way you're going to for sure get rich is just building a product that people want over a decade or two if you can build a product today that can last three decades 30 years then you'll you'll get very fucking rich because people are going to continuously buy forever and ever like it's not just one pump and you're done yeah yeah I agree yeah I also think it just comes back to the and I'm sure there's plenty of people that disagree and that's fine but like comes back to the the actual core of entrepreneurship which in my view genuinely isn't just about money uh, it's, it's, it's about <coughs> creating building something yeah so it's like you've you got to think of like all these athletes like in America like basketball players like they, they don't go into basketball to get rich they go because they love the sport to the point that they just want to and get and then they become so good and they provide you know entertainment and winning and that, that's how they get paid and, that, and that's the problem people want to get rich tomorrow that, that like it like literally in I, I went through the phases of it I went through the phases thinking if I can put 10 grand in a crypto and cash out at 100k yeah. and go buy a nice car like free car and that's people's mentality is like they just want to get rich real fucking quick to go buy the Lambo to show their mates and stuff and like yeah I, I've you know what I think the biggest thing is I really wish everyone would get rich or make a good amount of money so they can realise it's not even the answer like I've been through the phases of buying the cars to sell it. I literally had like a breakdown because I, 
I bought the Lambo, I bought the G4x4, yeah, got yeah, the apartment I wanted, I bought the C63, the drift car, I had basically like everything I'd ever wanted I bought at one point in my life all at the same time and I ended up just thinking fuck this and just sold everything. Cars went, apartment went, sold, literally I could pack my life in a suitcase now, like, I don't own anything, like watches, everything gone because I just got to the point yeah. where it's like, what's it even there for, like... It's just weighing me down. I'm like, I got got four cars and I live in an apartment with one space and I'm juggling permits and I'm juggling MOTs. And yeah. It's just... Yeah, but I didn't... Yeah, it's fairly similar. Yeah, like I fucking had a Ferrari and a Range Rover. Yeah. I, I genuinely... And then shit went very wrong for me, which gave me another reason to get rid of those for the time being. But at the same time, like even even when I had it, yeah, I, I remember that the, there was a point where I just, I just remember thinking, like, look, it's always hindsight, isn't it? Looking back now, I think, yeah. God, what a twat. And I, I still think cars are sick, by the way. Fucking love cars. I'll have another supercar. But it got to a point where, like, I had nine cars in three years, which it was like maybe an ADHD tendency or whatever, some weird shit going on. I was fucking immature, but, and I don't regret it, but yeah, it's so true. Like, I think you realize that so fucking fleeting yeah it's just like what I found was if I'd take I'd take the like the perf out to go to the shops and like people would be like looking in my window like who's this guy driving this perf yeah and I'd be getting these dopamine hits like, 100% I, I felt like I'd made it because like well they're looking at me thinking I've made it I, I worked so inefficient through that period that period where I had all those cars I don't think I did much work because it was just like this one big dopamine hit in my life and it was like, what's what's the need to sit down on my computer and work when everyone else thinks I've made it? It's like, guess this is how subconsciously I felt. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, then you realise they just they just weigh you down. So like at this point, I'm paying for cars, just depleting my bank account again and again and again. Like, yeah. Just to maintain appearances. Like, so 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 now it's just complete minimalism. Like, not like super woke like don't even have like sofas like I've seen yeah. I don't know if you follow Alex Becker but yeah. he did, uh, he did yeah, yeah. I think he did he it literally just for clout, a, was it a desk or something yeah like it's you know, a bit extreme in my opinion but yeah I, I, I respect I respect the fact he pulled it off for like a month or so like I mean I'd probably try it but for now like I've just got my desk my phone I'll have to say I don't own any watches don't own cars nothing. I've got a Hyundai that I pay like £500 a month for and I just rent just yeah. month to month like there's just no need for cars now but I, w- I do want to buy another car I want to get a GT4 RS soon but I, I've said Probably to myself driver's car that yeah yeah I've, I've said to myself like once once I settle in here maybe in a year's time when I move further out into like the communities of Dubai and I think I need I more need a car like I ride my electric scooter to the shop or to the like I take my electric scooter to the gym this is 500 pound piece of shit that just yeah. just jumps over anything it's like sick but yeah I will get I will get another car soon but yeah, not yet yeah just pull that mic down a little bit I think it's been be in front of your face so yeah what what do you think having had that realisation at a young age which I think a, a lot of people probably more people these days do because of entrepreneurship and shit um, what what makes you happy and like fulfilled now then if it's, if it's not the material things you probably thought was for me before I, I live a very very basic life now I, I am at my happiest when I wake up in the morning go gym come back at my desk for one and just work till 8pm like just work mainly on teach like for me the biggest thing I've wanted for years is just this like something that's way bigger than me something n- not even from money perspective yeah, just something where that. like I literally cannot manage it by myself to the point that I need to build a team 
and we mm. all work on it together like at the moment I've got a team a couple of developers UI UX designer like it's, it's just like an unreal feeling like working every day on something that's just going to become something like I don't even care about the money at this point it's just that I just love getting up every day and just getting one step closer to building something that people hear about like like you've mentioned Kajabi like I would love to the point that I hear my software being mentioned in groups of entrepreneurs just because of the product so good like for me it's just building product every day yeah yeah I think everyone gets started in like you know whether it's fucking it's like you need cash to start like an element of cash like for me that back in the day was like drop shipping you know etc etc like whether it's FX fucking shit coins now but yeah like I feel like the true entrepreneurs which I hope I am and I believe I am and sounds like you are like you want that thing that yeah, you like, can work on for 10 plus years potentially people into Maslow's hierarchy yeah yeah so like when I when I found out about Maslow's hierarchy it just clicked with me like so for those on the who are watching this that don't know Maslow's hierarchy is like the first half is your physiological needs your basic needs like food rent water and then it goes up to like friendship needs like true connections and then just true purpose and for me now it's like when I realised that it was just it's like I really need to get to the top like Elon Musk for example I can't imagine that guy gives a fuck about anything else other than showing up to work and making Tesla or SpaceX that 1% better every day and like everything else falls into place doesn't it like he doesn't give yeah what did I hear I heard something I don't know what it was on might not be true but like it was someone saying that apparently he makes every decision in his life regardless of what it is is looked at view through the lens of does this get us to a colony on Mars quicker or not yeah, see, if I've, not I don't do it if yes I do it see I've seen a podcast something like that well it might be a clip on Instagram or something and um, it was someone that basically said to him like how do you feel about I think it might have been Amazon competing for like the Mars trip and he just replied like if it makes people's life better he doesn't care like for him it's not about money it's just about making the world a better place and he literally said on this clip that if someone else beats it to him he's not even salty about it he's just glad that that came to fruition and like that's I mean it's the point he doesn't even care about anything else other than just making it better for the whole of society which is just crazy like yeah you, you gotta think like he, he's living his life literally for everyone else and I actually there was a clip I saw that someone was grilling him saying that he should donate money to serve greater causes which is a political stat, which is a political there's problem there's some tweet I saw about that yeah like, like why is this man to solve hunger or something yeah, yeah, I some, saw it and it was like... giving some shit. Yeah, he commented like, um, yeah, I'm, I'll sell my Tesla stock and give you six billion right now as long as it's open source account. Yeah, and you can prove it. Obviously, they're not going to do it because yeah. that's not the, the problem's political. It isn't who's got the most money or whatever. But yeah, like people are grilling him for, for solve, trying to get him to solve problems that aren't even his problem. This guy's just trying to get us to Mars and have fun doing it. And like people are grilling him. Like, like I guess he's become so big in the space that people see him like a political figure which is just crazy to me. Yeah. Do you think if you hadn't got into the Forex space and made a bunch of money there, you would A, have been in the headspace to want to go for like this bigger vision business and B, how would you have funded it? Because I, th- I think that's what a lot of people watching will say. They'll, say that they'll be in the position where they say, well, yeah, I have a bigger vision potentially, but you know, I'm fucking broke. I'm a student or whatever. I've got some grad job I think how do I do X, Y and Z I think if you're passionate enough you'll find a way like for for example a friend of mine back home I won't say his name because I don't know if he want me to he basically come to me 18 months ago and was like hey James I've got a kid on the way can you help me like 
the one thing I hate is like, I've had this before. Like people have said in my DMs, um, this girl said in my DM actually, like, hey, how are you doing? And like, I literally text my mate like, how many messages do you reckon before I get asked for help or something? Two messages, and she's like, oh, I'm thinking about starting a business. Do you reckon you could help? I just like knew it. But this and by guy, help, does she mean money or does she mean like she wanted my advice yeah, on like, business and stuff? Yeah, and I I, would, I just make a joke of it now. Like three messages in, and she's like, oh, can you help? Like, but this guy basically didn't. He didn't even cut. He didn't even give me any bullshit. It was like, look, James, can you help me start a business or not? If not, totally cool, but you never know if you're not going to ask. And at this point, I'm thinking, I've always thought the idea of a marketing agency would be quite cool. So I just said, look, I've never done this before, but I've run ads for restaurants. I've run ads for e-com. We started, I started an e-com brand um, with a friend of mine, the Nootropics company. Which yeah. That, well, it was mainly his product and I was running the ads for it because, like, for, for now, media buying is my speciality and media buying and, like, software is what I enjoy. Yeah, I want to fucking ask you about Google yeah. ads, actually, after this. Yeah, so, like, he basically said to me, like, will you will you help me build a business? And I'm just thinking, you know what? Like, he's always been a good friend, like, we, but we just never really spoke. Like, he's a sound guy. And I just thought, yeah, fuck it, I'll help you. So over the last 18 months, I've just been helping him with, like, free advice just like do this do that do this and now he's doing 25k a month with an agency and it's taken him 18 months and that's what I mean like all, all he needed was someone to say you're on the track go with it yeah like this guy will he will study every, like he'll message me at like 2 in the morning because um, it'll be like 10pm where he is and he'll be like oh I've got this issue with, with Zapier or something can you help I'll wake up in the morning I'll do a Zoom uh, do a Loom video yeah. he'll sit down he'll write notes he'll categorise it into his Google Docs or whatever and then he won't ask me a question again but this guy is like, he's committed. Like, it doesn't matter. I guess for him, he's got the reason. He's got the reason that it's his kid. He wants to have a good life. So are you, are you like 50-50 on that then or what? I don't make any money from it. I don't, don't make any profit from it. I just, just thought if I can help one person better with my knowledge for free, fuck it. Like, why not? But like, it's got to the point that he does my sales. You spoke to him. Yeah, I was going to say, I was yeah. thinking it was him. So he does my sales calls completely for free. Yeah, um, and he, what he said to me was he feels so indebted to me that he wants to do the least of at least pay me back with. So he's he's really good at talking people through sales of like sales I'm shit at like I cannot sell anything. I'm good at marketing. I'm good at that sort of stuff. Yeah. But like sales calls and all that, I'm awful at. So he does my sales calls for me because he just feels like indebted to me. And like we, I when I started training with him, I actually paid him for training because I said, look, if I want to stop training. I don't want to feel like the relationship's out of balance because yeah. now I've taken away his help. So I said to him, like, I'll help you because I want to help you, not because I want free PT services or whatever. But yeah, man, like he's doing like 25K a month now from his agency. Um, just him. Fucking agencies, man. Yeah, I spoke about this on a previous podcast. It's like such a cash flow model. Yeah, it's like... So good. If... I just couldn't run an agency because I don't give a fuck about other people's brands. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's I'm the just problem. too like, much of a want to build a brand guy. Yeah, I think I'd rather be broke building a brand than run an agency <laughs> myself. If you've got the vision for your own thing and you you know where you want to take it, yeah, then agency's not for you. But if like it's fucking everyone has an agency these days, you get a kid yeah. that's sixteen and it's GCSEs and he's DMing me on LinkedIn saying, "Can I run your ads for a business I'm no longer involved with?" Because well, his little copy and paste message. Oh yeah, quite get LinkedIn it. bots. Yeah. yeah, but I had this with the restaurant. Um, my franchisor, he found an agency. And they were charging £3,000 a month to run ads. And at this point, I'd, I'd, I knew ads enough. Like, I'm, I'm very good with systems. I'm very good at building out. Like, not to the point that I could develop software. Yeah. But, like, I'm just very analytical thinking. Um, and I'd run, like, Facebook ads for, like, Forex stuff before. And that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were charging us three grand a month. 
for literally just running boost posts and I'm, like, I'm thinking like how are these guys charging three in the end I, yeah. turned, I sent them one big letter and never like, pay an agency a retainer that's one thing yeah. I'll fucking say this is what should all be performance but this is what I said to Ruben like he, he charges <clears> see <throat> he charges a retainer but he also does performance as well like he'll charge unless like, it's a small retainer which might be reasonable yeah he'll charge like a very low retainer and then he charges based on the amount of people he gets in there so he targets gyms yeah. he charges them based on the amount of people he gets in their gyms um, so it's like it's like a hybrid model but yeah we were paying him three grand a month because um, I wanted to run the restaurant not do the ads honestly I could have just gone onto the Facebook page and clicked boost and be done with it like yeah. so in the end I sent him a very long letter like, I did a boosted TikTok earlier for the first time in my life yeah it's got tokens and stuff yeah I, see, I literally like, like four hours ago I put 15 quid on it because I'd never ever done it it was just it was literally a podcast clip that had gone semi-viral and I was like let's see if we can boost boost this to a million views I think the reason they're tokenizing it is to make it not feel like real money yeah because I was like wait a minute it said like 6,000 I was like I'm not spending 6 grand on it and it was like 6,000 tokens which was like 20 quid yeah see I worked out the CPM on those those token things um, and it's like £2 CPMs it's dirt cheap oh, it's cheap yeah stupid alright oh, good well, I'll see how it goes overnight but TikTok's algorithm is so much more advanced than Facebook because they like for example I still get like so I had a motorbike a couple of years ago and I still get things come up on my explore feed for motorbikes I'm not even into motorbikes anymore like, I literally had it for like a couple of months yeah. just, like Facebook is so laggy whereas TikTok if I haven't liked a motorbike video in about three video, mm. like three times they're probably onto something else so TikTok is definitely good but yeah like we, we were paying 3k for this agency in the end I was like you can do one like I'm doing this myself and I built this like system I built like a coupon system where someone would see an ad, redeem a coupon. Um, they'd come in store, sorry, claim a coupon. They'd come in store, redeem the coupon. This was for the restaurant? For the restaurant. Um, I'd take the coupon and I'd feed it back to my database, work out which ad got the sale, which, how much were they spending? So I could work out, okay, was Target it? Was this one ad of a burger netting me higher average spend per customer? And then I'd feed that ba- data back into the lookalike audiences. And it's just like, I'm thinking, I did this in a week. Like, how are they charging us three grand for boost posts? It's just... Yeah, because most agencies are shit. That's just the truth. Yeah. But, yeah, there are, there are good ones. On the restaurant then, because, yeah, I know you mentioned it briefly earlier. And we're like, oh, we'll fucking come back to it. Yeah. So, what's the story there? Because Tyler just randomly mentioned to me before I met you here that you, like, lost 600k on the restaurant. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to ask you about this. the restaurant. Um, so... Yeah, so I went out one evening. Seems very um, random. You go from Forex to restaurants. So tell, tell honestly, us the whole story. Like the, the weirdest thing. So I went out one evening with a couple <clears> of friends and we met this guy in London. <clears> he had a restaurant. Yeah. And then after a couple of months of thinking about it and I'd been there a few times, I thought, this could do well in Southampton. Yeah. Um, so I set it up. What sort of restaurant? Uh, burger restaurant, mini burgers. It's called yeah. Bite Me Burger. All right, um, cool. I'm hoping I don't get sued for slandering their brand, but you know, here we go. Um, Cancel me. <laughs> Cancel the podcast. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to set up in Southampton. So I had my franchisor's help. Um, again, he's now locked up, but we'll get into that. Um, we set it up, running the restaurant. Uh, yeah, then it just went tits up. So the problem was I didn't do enough market research into the area. Wait, wait, wait sorry. Just going back slightly. Were you entirely done with Forex at this point? So, I'm so you're like, fuck, I want to do physical business. I'm completely done with everything. Like, yeah. I'm literally at home doing nothing like what what am i gonna do yeah um come across this restaurant and i'm thinking yeah i could i could do a restaurant like it could be fun everyone told me not to do it i could never do a fucking restaurant man i mean yeah now i realize that hospitality or any physical business is hard but yeah. everyone told me not to do it so obviously i'm working on franchisor we've secured the lease we've secured all the interior i've been shelling out cash for this interior like i went 
top of the range, up, like top of the range everything. Like, I think I spent like ten grand on stools, like just for people to sit on. Like, yeah, I was just like I was in this, I was in this mood. Like, I was so I'd just broken up with my girlfriend, um, or my ex now. I mean, I was in this like, I was just down as fuck. Like, I didn't have anything to work for. I didn't have anything. I was like, fuck it, just do a restaurant. So, paid for the restaurant paid for the interior got the staff hired project managers for everything and I'm running this restaurant and for a couple of months it was running at a loss and then the first month it turned well the reason it was running at a loss is because I had too big of a restaurant I didn't understand the pricing model properly didn't understand the market properly I was just completely blindsided by my my, my needs you know what the fuck you're doing basically yeah I was just winging it um, yeah didn't understand like basic product market fit in that area area of students selling gourmet burgers it was never going to work but at the time I'm just like tunnel vision just wanting yeah. purpose to the point that I didn't give a fuck I was just like I want this to work and I just missed all the key red flags um, so then yeah so like I'm shelling out cash for employees because the restaurant's so big I'm shelling out cash the money's not coming in because no one wants the product um, so I'm sh- yeah I'm shelling out monthly cash for this um, and then yeah we hit our first profit one month when I started running ads for the restaurant and then COVID hit no one wanted to go out to eat because it's like first stage COVID yeah um, and then in the end I just decided to liquidate it at like half a mil loss which isn't great but I speak to a lot of people and they're like how do you feel about this half a mil loss like like, how do you not care like for me it's just one big blur in my life like one big blur that I just went through searching for purpose but my view is if I didn't do the if I didn't do the restaurant I wouldn't have appreciated online business I wouldn't be out here I wouldn't have discovered teach I wouldn't I wouldn't have done all that stuff yeah because I wouldn't have had this like one big wake up call and yeah it's just just a crazy time yeah so I lost so much money on that that got liquidated um, and just moved on from that the guy yeah I was gonna, uh, where's this guy coming to it yeah so this guy was that my sounds like a long time it's been compressed yeah so he was like he provided the branding the product I couldn't change the so pricing. He owned the franchise. He owned the franchise by me. The original brand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the branding is his. The products are his. The color color palettes, everything's yeah. his. I couldn't change the price of the product. I couldn't change the suppliers because I'm in contracted with the franchisor. So like, I probably could have made it work if I was able to change certain things. Yeah. But because I was contracted, it just it just didn't work. Um, but then turns out he was running a massive Ponzi scam. Like, so like one of my mates back home he got involved with him and he basically infiltrated his whole friendship group and he was like look if you give me money I'm gonna turn it I'm gonna buy these tickets for festivals and so it's separate it. to the restaurant stuff. yeah like the restaurant was like his front it was like so that was a legit business well for me it was for him it was like this is just this is my legit business I'm a franchisor this is mine like I'm yeah. the brand owner but as I look back at it now it was just his like front to it to make him look like a legit businessman so that mm. his side hustle didn't seem so why is that his main income like it was just it was just his front to give him good press and to make it I guess so he could take his his people he was about to scam in his Ponzi scheme to these restaurants and be like yeah this is my brand and all this yeah, sort of yeah. stuff build that trust um, yeah so he ended up getting like one of my mates and all his family to invest money into what sorry though so it was like what is this scheme so he was like if you give me money I'll- Herbalife or some shit <laughs> No, not quite that bad. Um, yeah, well, probably worse. But his whole thing was like, if so his backstory was, years ago, venues used to pay the artists money up front for their act. Then they switched to a, you'll get a percentage of the revenue made from the tickets. So his backstory was, 
well I came in and I swooped in and I said I'll buy all the tickets up front and then I'll resell them so what he would do is he'd be like look if you give me 10 grand I'll use that 10 grand go buy yeah. tickets for like I don't know like an Elwin John Elwin John's not even, is he alive? I don't yeah know. he's alive <laughs> fucking got a collab with Dua Lipa it's popping right now oh, okay, I haven't right. actually listened to it but I've heard it's going well but yeah like, he'd one. be like I'll get tickets to an Elton John concert and then whatever the profit we make on it we split yeah and um, yeah people would just be like nah leave my money in for the next go and it would just be this constant loop of there was no tickets there was no concert there was it was just all one big scam um, seems like a very like in-depth niche scam yeah but I mean this guy netted like 5 million in the case of like a year just from getting people to give him money but did he not think when they don't get their money back they might ask questions well he dipped he was gone like, like out of the country spec like out of the country or just disappeared like I know people that were looking for him like trying to find this man to get the money back like mm. yeah he just disappeared so like all these people are out of pocket and this band's just up in the wind probably spending the money probably in some offshore dodgy bank account now that no one's going to touch in Gibraltar or something yeah. yeah and then I saw on the news that he got arrested or he got he had to go to court he didn't turn up to court so they ruled in like a four and a half year sentence and I don't know if he's been found and sent to prison or if he's still up in the wind but yeah just like it's crazy and then I, obviously this was completely after the restaurant was done anyway but it just made me realise that I was just someone's front man but you live and learn like yeah so like yeah he's up in the wind now it's, it's crazy yeah fuck right geez, mad story um, I guess so many fucking things that we could discuss we yeah could I'm sorry discuss. I ramble on and I've just been forever I've been my life story all in one but no it's good um, I want to come back to your current shit then because I feel like I've been done enough digging in the past and so on um, so Correct me if I'm wrong, two things then. So you've got Create and Scale, which you mentioned is going to change. Yeah, so Create and Scale is my consulting coaching company. Yeah. Um, so it's where I help people create courses. So like, say for example, someone's like an expert. Like Sam Ovens Spec, consulting.com. Or? Yeah, kind of. So Sam Ovens Spec was, I'm going to help you build a consulting business. And then his up-level program was like, I'll teach you how to turn the, like, the retainer work into a course. I'm just going straight for the course stuff because... Yeah. I'll probably branch out into the consulting at the t- like later on, but it will be when. So, my experience is not in consulting; it's in courses. So, when I get to that point, I'll bring in an expert who's like expert consulting and just be like, "Right, let's build a consulting course," and they'll be yeah. the front of it. But so at the moment, I take someone, say a piano player, random one. It's the, it's the example I use for my course, hmm. um, and they know how to play piano like a pro. Um, I'll be like okay cool we can help you build out a course so I'll work with them we'll build out a program we'll build out their strategy we'll build out everything um, for the most part it's plug and play because I've been I've been selling courses for a while now I know um, I know the systems needed um, I've refined the systems I've done so much split testing that I'll basically say here's the first system you need to get your first 100, 200, 300 grand a month um, and then once they're doing like 3 mil a year we'll move them on to a completely automated system so first off it's like semi-automated we'll use funnels we'll use sales teams on the back end high ticket and then after once they're doing like three mil a year we'll move into a completely automated system and just scale them up even further but we'll drop the price so they can really reach scale so yeah i help people create their own course and sell it uh facebook ads google ads all that stuff and then once they've done that i'll give them the platform to host it on so for me and that is teach that is teach.io yeah um which for for me honestly that's like my baby right now my baby is building out this platform that people want to use um, and people want to host their course on because 
a lot of my friends sell courses. So like yeah. flatmate sells courses, you're building a course, Tyler's building a course. Um, yeah, I'll honestly, I'm fucking clueless. Like I know e-com product stuff when it comes to info products. It, it, like I, I thought it would be easy because it's the same principles, but I feel like a beginner. It's a lot more psychologically based. So like there, there goes a lot a lot more goes into really evo- invoking emotion of, y- of your prospect of so it depends like there's three main areas there's health wealth and relationships yeah. for the most part most people are in the wealth space they're helping people invest money and make money or save their expenses or make more money for a business you've got some people doing like relationship coaching or you've got some people doing health coaching I, I probably need that recently yeah <laughs> get onto that yeah honestly yeah it's a, it's a it's a bad time yeah I went for it a couple of years ago but yeah like, I mean there's people doing these main things um, and it's just, it's just such a different space because you're instead of selling a product that serves people you're you're set you're not selling them a course you're selling them an outcome so yeah. for example if I sold you my course I'm not selling you a six-week course on how to build a course I'm selling you 300 grand a month I'm just selling you dollars on a discount like if you buy my course today I'm going to teach you how to make that back in the first 30 days, first 90 days. So I've got a guarantee that if someone hasn't made the money back in the first 90 days, give them a full refund. Like, yeah. So if, so my thing is 30K in 90 days, and if you haven't done that, give you a full refund. And I, I actually refunded one, one person the other day um, just because I took too long with it. Um, I still help them. I just didn't so feel... So this is a, are you like consulting them or is it a course? So, so at the both? moment it's one-on-one consulting and right. a course. So yeah, I'm yeah. still building the program out but I'm helping them one-on-one. But how expensive is the program? A 5K program, uh, but we've discounted it to 3K for like beta testers and first early adopters. And that, that's 3K, 3K including the 90 days of support? Yeah. Oh, no, no, they get support lifetime because let's be honest, once someone's doing 300 oh, grand cheaper a month, than I thought. I think you say like 12K or something. Well, the reason I'm going cheaper is because I don't want, I'm not trying to make money here. I'm I trying to, if I can get on it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to make money on the course. I'm trying to go for volume because yeah. for me, it's not about making money. It's about building an audience. So if I can, say for example, I go for a 10K program and I sell 100 of them a month, I'm making a mil a month, but that's only 100 people that I've got to sell teach to. Yeah. If I can sell at a thousand pounds and sell a thousand of them, I've now got a thousand people I can sell teach to. So for me, it's not about making the money on the, the course. Because the end result is, yeah, you want to get them on teach. Yeah, and the second they join teach, I. So with subscription models like Netflix or like, there, there needs to be collateral there that makes someone not quit. And with teach, for me, it's about building out a system that people want to continue to use and once they're in the system they're going to continue to use it because yeah. for someone to leave they've got, yeah they've got to move all their they've got to move all their customer, customers over now I'm not trying no, I'm not trying to trap them in the software but it's just part of the software that I'm going to make more money over the next 5-10 years selling them very low ticket software than I will on a one time purchase so yeah we go super but it's not really low ticket it's 3k program like it's not like some people are charging 10, 20, 30k for control 3k dollars uh, pounds yeah. so 5k dollars or yeah. just under maybe just over um, yeah. yeah so it's so sheer volume get people in get them on the software really figure out what they need because the more people I get on teach the better I can make the software and so is that the primary goal for create and scale then is, is if you didn't have teach would you even be running create and scale um, I would still run it and I would probably go a higher price because yeah. then my objective would be to make money whereas now it's my objective is to 
my objective is still to make money, but not on the front end. I'm going to make the money when they enroll on Teach and they use the platform I've built, the platform yeah. they will soon love for five, ten years, and I make the money over a five, ten year lifespan. Or I exit it for two, three, four hundred million down the line. Like I'm I building, it, yeah, I'm building enterprise value here. I'm not trying to make money because most of these tech companies they don't make money. Like yeah, Asana, yeah, I think. So true. Who was it I read about the other day? ClickUp. Yeah. Was it valued at seven billion or something? Maybe it's more. Yeah, like I know, and it's two and a half years old or something. And they probably so I use ClickUp, but I just started googling like the founder and shit. They don't. They do don't that. make money. Like none of these companies make money. So I the don't same with ecom that get big exits. I mean, less the case, but like you know, you, you read about ten x revenue ecom exits, and they're barely yeah. ever profitable. It's all yeah, about enterprise it, value. It's just volume because because a fund will come in and they'll buy it for hundred mil because the next fund in three years will pay two hundred for it. Yeah, two fifty. This is what it. I mean. It's like it's like a crypto pump, but with companies, exactly. it's just it's just all weird, about just value, like perceived value. Ultimately, there's someone else willing to pay more for it. Well, to jump on the perceived value point, look into WeWork. WeWork yeah. are, I don't know if you've looked into it. Yeah, they, Adam Newman. I, I did a freestyle rap actually a few months ago. <laughs> he came into it somehow. When they've inflated like 50 billion or something. Yeah, so they've they were got, losing like a billion a month. Yeah, they've got tech company valuations, but they've got physical stores, like mm. physical shared offices. And the reason they're getting such crazy valuations is because they claim they can use the data they collect on their members to move the office furniture around based on what people want, which is probably true, but they're losing, they're just, uh, who is it? Who, it's a Chinese company that bail them out. Bank. Yeah, so SoftBank. Yeah, SoftBank. Yeah, SoftBank are yeah, just- SoftBank and everyone. They're just churning Uber, cash Airbnb, with this company, yeah. Things, yeah. And like, it just baffles me that this company is losing money daily and they've just got like crazy valuations, but. Yeah, I've, I've actually like discussed this so many times with like mates and like founders and shit. And, and it's like, in my head it's always I'm like I'm now trying to do that now like I'm trying to go from being the bootstrapped entrepreneur who has to be profitable otherwise you'll go bankrupt which didn't happen in yeah. my business anyway <laughs> but that's another issue I, I, as most people are like, you have to be fucking profitable but, but now I want to get to the point where it's like how do I switch up the mindset and the actual mechanics of what I'm doing to be in a position where so I don't know say I do a mil- one or two million revenue in the first year which would be, would be the plan and then after the first year, we raise money at a 10 million pound valuation, get it to 10 million in revenue in three years, two, three years. You can exit to And then it's company. worth on paper to the right, you know, say I sell a bit of it for a 50 million pound valuation. Because like 5X revenue valuation in e-com is not uncommon. It's, yeah. if, if you get around like these big fucking funds, it's all about who's putting the money on the table. To be honest, that's the valuation experience. I go by with, uh, software like five, 5x it's probably way more but like these companies are just paying crazy money because they just want to buy out the space like yeah. for example I spoke to one guy who's in software and I basically said like what would I expect to pay for a customer acquisition and he said you'd be looking to pay around about 800 pounds for a 97 dollar subscription so if someone's paying 800 pounds so for example if I run ads for teach yeah I'll pay 800 pound to get a customer that pays me, nice, let's say £100, right? £100 subscription. I'm not going to make a penny off that until eight months' time, which is why these tech companies are taking on crazy capital. Yeah, because you need it. Yeah, and they're just buying out. that 10-month period. Yeah, like they're literally like, they're, they're spending money now because they know they're going to make it back in eight months. Yeah. But that's the reason I, I really went hard on creating scale with the volume rather than revenue is because... If I can, if I can sell one course at three k, 
That means I can, I got that one customer who buys the course. They're now a teach customer because they're going to need someone to host their course. I can now use that, say, two, two and a half K, whatever it is, to then put into teach, use that money to find three more customers. I've now got four customers and I'm technically at zero because one's funding the other. Yeah. And if I can just do that, just on repeat monthly, like I shouldn't need capital. That's that's the plan. I don't, I don't want to take on capital because... I've watched podcasts of people. I think it was the girl from who founded Nasty Gal before she took on oh, funding. Oh, Sophia Amarusa. Yeah. yeah, and she was saying in a podcast that like the she's, second she's, she's fit, she's like mil spec. <laughs> I like her. Yeah, yeah. Um, thirty six, I think. Yeah, I read like it was a podcast, and she was saying the second they take on funding, it's no longer about profitability. It's just how many customers are you turning over a month, and that's what I don't. I don't want to go down that route because then it's going to be about acquisition rather than product. And if people if people don't like my product, they're going to leave and I'm going to lose money. So I need to make sure that the product is good rather than just hammering in people and dealing with the consequences in eight mm. months' time. I want to make sure the product is unmatched to Kajabi, to Teachable, to Thinkific, that I can I can take someone on and I know for a fact that I will make my money back in eight months. So like that's like the long-term plan for me is just scale up, create and scale to the point that I can literally be onboarding 100, 200, 300 people a month take all the profit I made put it over to teach and then just spend money on more ads and just make get more people in if you get 300 people on a month say to, to that program then and you said it has like a- active support like would that would you just hire a bigger support team for that yeah I'd just I'd just hire so at the moment it's very low scale I don't even run ads for it because I don't want to run ads for it until I've got teach because I really don't like the idea of getting someone on another course platform until it's completely done yeah so like at the moment the only people I have access is like me and my brother just and just on on that then, like, do you think any niche can get to three million a year, like in, in an info product space? I think if it's in the three main, uh, like, core niches: health, wealth, and relationship. Three three million is easily five million is easily done. It's because yeah, think about it. When I was selling my forex course, we scaled to like three hundred k a month within thirty days. Like I was at, we we were doing like. 10k a day in revenue within 30 days consistently so like yeah, from scratch from scratch yeah. so like we started on day one with like a 500 pound ad spend and we doubled and doubled and doubled and doubled and to the point before 30 days were up we were spending like three four k a day 100k a month and like that's not even huge scale like there there's people like netflix and amazon and well netflix mainly they're spending like a million pound a day like yes they're more yeah. mass market low yeah, ticket netflix, product yeah. but it just goes to show the scale that you can reach customers at like you can, if you've got a, a solid product that helps someone and you've got a system where you're, you're charging your worth for it, you're charging three, five, seven K for a product, 100 to 300 K a month is bottom line. That's like hygiene standard. Like I, I, I've seen so many people doing like 10, 20, 30 K days with info products. Cause it's just, yeah, it's just scalable, isn't it? You can get, it's basically like having your own little tech company. Like you're onboarding people that's the service you're selling you're selling software you're selling access you're selling a passcode a password for like seven grand obviously as long as the result is there and it gets them the end result that's actually what you're selling but yeah as far as a fulfillment aspect goes you're selling them a logon for seven grand ten grand and you're basically helping them on the back end and like for me i probably wouldn't need to go past three four employees to get to that level 
do you think it has to be I, I'm picking your brain on this on the podcast because yeah I've, I've got this fucking e-com course I made blah 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 like, which does sell organically by the way but because I've got to 25 grand a day in ad spend with e-com in the past a mixture of me running myself and agencies blah blah, blah. primarily Facebook and Google I've got a lot of experience with Facebook myself never media buyed on Google media board um, so yeah like info product to me like I was saying it feels fucking alien because like two things A I don't know how the fuck to price it because I was working with someone previously it was meant to be like a JV and they basically fucked me over and I know they're probably watching this so I'm still waiting for you to apologise um, they used to be my, my flatmate if anyone could do the maths on that um, cunt um, but yeah well he, he was a cunt to me but um, we'll probably cut that out and yeah like it was originally priced to like they were saying like 1500 quid but in my head I was like oh it's like I'm not doing this it's not a main thing at all I just I just wanted to monetize my time on the podcast that was literally it because I shouldn't be working on something for free because my econ brand is my main thing that's like my teach yeah, to me that, that's like, like your I baby that you want to work on I want to cure like depression through mushrooms not quite but that's like the 10 year vision um, and then yeah I was just like well for, I, I need to monetize my time on the podcast cause I'm not fucking working for free like well I'm happy to for a while but it makes sense like I have the knowledge the resources are there by the way the fucking course is in the, is in the bio um, but yeah then I was like well I'll just drop it to 300 quid because see like this is where but then I've had so many mixed messages I spoke to Tyler and he's like charging 5k but I was like the main thing for me was I don't want to spend any time on it I don't even want to do support so, basically like I'll DM people which I do the, but yeah. I don't want to be getting a calls for people so what I would find is if you charged 5k you would deal with less support messages because the volume of clients will be lower for the money and if someone's willing to pay 5k they're invested like I, I've sold like ebooks and stuff and courses yeah. that are like low ticket like 100 pound 200 pound and my god the support is through the roof like because someone yeah. who's willing to spend 300 pound on a course they're the type of people that want to put 300 pound into bitcoin and get make a million tomorrow they want the get rich quick thing whereas someone who's willing to spend five grand of their money on a program they're mentally invested like they've got something to lose if they don't get on and do the work if they don't get on and go through the content they've lost five grand here so that makes them instantly do more and actually yeah. get the result but also it i see that to be fair it it like the product speaks to them more like if if you were selling your course for three hundred pound, I'd be like, "Is this three hundred pound?" Like, so like with Neon Beach, like I've heard numbers you're doing like a million a month revenue or yeah. spend or whatever. Like, if I spend three hundred pound on a course, am I really gonna make? Am I really gonna do a million a month? Like you know, for you know, hand on heart that no, your skill set. I don't think many people can do a million a month in ecom. Like that was a freak brand. Um, well, say even. Like, I think I think everyone could do thirty k a month in ecom though. Yeah, so like like. What's that like? Half a mil a year, like three quarters of a mil. No, yeah, like half a mil a year. And make a hundred. Like yeah. if if I paid three hundred pound for a course, in my head I'm thinking there is no way a three hundred pound investment is going to make me a hundred grand a year. Yeah, true. But if you if you yeah. charge two grand for the program, someone's instantly thinking. I was charging a grand for it. Loads of people bought it at a grand, which, but and I had a few messages of people saying, "Why are you now charging less for it?" And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's a bit silly." Yeah all right, cool. Well, as of tomorrow then, I'm going to increase the fucking price. Yeah. But see, see, for yours is, so is your product- It's worth more than 300 quid. It's like, I mean, it's fucking good. Well, is your product more focused around existing e-com brands that want to scale or is it- It's zero. This is the thing. I wasn't even entirely sure. It's, it's, 
it was almost a thought experiment for me to document what I know from the past few years of building brands. It's zero to one how to build a brand from a bedroom. So it's more of a mass market product now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Given inflation now, or the way the market is, how expensive things are, I'd probably charge like two and a half, three grand for that product. Like, because that, if someone can make a hundred grand in the first five years, the ROI on that is insane. Like, yeah, I guess and this is just because of my lack of experience in info products. My thinking was, if it's mass market, which it primarily is, like, like it can work. It's aimed at beginners, but not just beginners, I suppose. And I was just thinking, aimed at like new people, but serious people. That yeah, work. yeah. Like two, three grand is like a good but price. I was just thinking, no one's got three grand. Like most people have three hundred quid in their account. You would be ridiculously surprised because the yeah. the people that want to actually make something of something, they will find the three grand. As long as your product gets the result, that three grand is like, like I say, you're selling dollars for a discount. You're selling hundred grand a year for three for three grand. Like, yeah. If if someone puts in the work, they'll get it. But like, I remember going through Sam Ovens' funnel and he was aggressive. Like his his follow ups were like, if you haven't got the money, take out a credit card, take out a loan, like probably you'd probably get screwed for that now yeah I'll never do that yeah. but like it just goes to show like he was so confident in his product that he knew someone could take out a credit card and make their money back in 90 days because they were selling services it's like agency services they're selling knowledge like you learn how to for example like my mate who does an agency he's learned how to run ads now he's learned how to build systems and funnels he's just he's just selling his knowledge and once you've got the thing is once you've got ads running max half an hour management a day isn't it unless you need to do new creators and yeah, set, yeah. New, set up new campaigns like yeah, because on this as well, I should probably not include this in the podcast, but it's, I'm just fucking interested. Maybe people, people listen. Because, um, yeah, I was working with another guy and he, he was like, let's do a webinar, all this shit. And I fucking did all that. And then he was running the ads and basically was fucking not doing a good job. So I was like, oh, sack all that. Let's just do a sales page. And then I just confused myself. I was like, well, people were buying it more expensive. Now the same amount of people are buying it at third of the price so I was like wait a minute why don't I just put it back at that price and I was like oh fuck I don't have a strategy here and then when it came to ads as well so if I if you're advising me say I put it back to two round or whatever because I was like well I know Facebook ads but I feel like Facebook ads are just so expensive by default and I was like surely YouTube's the platform got a podcast yeah like YouTube etc etc TikTok YouTube to be honest I think the main skill comes from if, as long as you can understand one platform good enough, you can jump on all the other platforms. Like, I've had a little play with TikTok. Like, I've not really run TikTok traffic. I've run Google. I've got a joint venture with someone. Um, he probably won't want me to say too much, but we're spending like 100K a month on that for like a low ticket 500 pound product. Yeah. Um, but f- to be honest, for the most part, if you're going to be running a high ticket product, then ads, so with e-com, ads are for getting sales. In info spaces, ads aren't for getting sales. They're for building email lists, building report. Because for someone to spend three grand with you, they're going to need at least 14, seven to 14 to 30 days follow-ups. So when you run ads, it's not to get customers, it's to get people into your system. So then you can reach out to them every single day. Like It could be something like you just spend five minutes on Loom, like, hey, here's some news. Shopify is releasing this new update. Just You just document the update. Yeah. And people build trust over face voice all these different things which is why podcasts are good because people really understand your personality on there that that's where they build the trust like i said this to said this to tyler the other day that like it's not always about providing killer value. you don't need to make every video that someone feels like they've just done a college degree on they just need to feel like they know you one percent better every day yeah 
yeah like that's kind of the, the thing with this podcast like because I've like, I, I reckon arguably it's like fucking Europe's most honest podcast because yeah. I speak about fucking everything I spoke about like my business fucking up spoke about the highs lows my girlfriend like wanted to fucking kill myself when I felt really depressed like what the fuck else is there there's nothing I'm there's nothing else to say like and I think I'm a pretty I'm just an authentic person and that, I think that comes through in like the messages I get just off the back of the pod and this is which is every fucking day now and it's not even a big pod this is going to be the thing that makes people because people aren't investing in the product they're investing in your ability to get them that outcome so it's less about the product like you could have the, the best product in the world but if people if people think you're an I'm not saying you're I'm not saying like if people think you're an arsehole say some guy's selling a course who's an absolute dick yeah. no one's going to buy he could be the best at it in the world if that guy's an arsehole no one's going to buy the product because they're going to think mm. I don't want to work with this guy who's a dick like so really like these follow ups you just need to deliver massive value like deliver your face your voice over and over again and the only way to do that is to use ads to buy data now it, the days of buying dodgy email lists and doing email broadcasts are over like that's like that's like 2000 2005 but yeah. now facebook ads google ads the whole purpose is to just buy email lists you're basically spend so when people say oh i've got a lead for three pounds they've not, they've got a lead for three pounds but not a lot of people follow up with them you need to like look at like the biggest markets like Frank Kern for example he's doing yeah. daily emails like two three emails a day like he's building hella value like like for info products like I say it's you're buying data so you can message them every day every week every month whatever your frequency is to the point that they think right this guy knows his stuff I trust this guy I've seen him enough I'm going to buy his stuff because it's going to take them seven times no one's going to see your ad for the first ecom's different no one's going to see your ad for your course and be like Oh, sick! I can build a hundred grand a year business. Sweet, here's three grand. It's going to yeah. take them two, four, six, eight weeks to be like, oh, okay. Like I've seen a video of him talking about ecom. I've seen a video talking about him, his failures. I've seen a video talking about his new ecom brand. Like this guy's truthful. He's honest. He knows his stuff. Maybe he's maybe he's the mentor for me. So like when you're selling high ticket, it is literally you're you're you're, you're buying money. You're buying the revenue eight weeks prior. Yeah, like well, that's it, fellas. The cost is going to fucking two grand yeah. after this. And the thing is, people will definitely take it more serious if they're paying two grand. If someone pays 300 quid, they're probably going to forget about it. It's like if someone gives you something for free, you're definitely not going to take as much care of it as you would as if you'd spent your hard-earned cash on it. So like if someone spent their hard-earned cash on buying your program, they are going to take it way more seriously than if they got it for super cheap. Yeah, fuck, okay. I'm definitely going to change the price. Yeah. It's definitely worth more than 300 quid. I thought I was yeah. being like fucking Robin Hood. See, the thing is like, I think everyone when they first get into courses, they're the opposite. They try and commoditize their product. So it's like, there's 10 other econ products. Yeah, I know there. it's a fucking good product. I know that I've built two multi-million pound brands, one of which was never actually fucked up. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, even if it, if, it, if it has, even if you went through difficulties, you don't get to that scale of a company without problems. And, even even if you had like was it Neon Beach you had the fuck up with like you still don't get to that level biblical fuck up but it's yeah. also like the quickest scaling brand I've ever heard of ever but you'll learn more from the fuck ups than you like if, if you'd built a brand and it was just straight to a million a month within three months super easy no problems fuck yeah I, yeah. I know I don't think there's many econ problems I don't know where around now you see my question is if someone built an econ brand in three months and they're doing a million a month my question is well what don't you know because if you don't know these are the problems that come by. How, how am I going to learn them? Like, so this Ruben, yeah. this Ruben guy, um, oh, 
I can't remember if I said it wasn't going to say his name, the guy who's doing the agency. Yeah. His whole thing is he's learning from my mistakes. Like, I've made a lot of fuck ups over the way. Like, I've made so many fuck ups. Like, not, not just the whole Neon Beach thing, but like, you know, years before that, so many things. And uh, yeah, you, you don't realize the value of experience until, like, until you can look back and think, oh, fuck, if I'd known that then. Yeah, like, my biggest. My, that's the biggest value that people. Well, my biggest fuck up was probably. Well, not necessarily in the core space, but my first ever year with a limited company, I spent my company card like it was my personal. I did the fucking same thing. And I got the big, I, I think I think I rinsed through. So many through. things like that I could speak about, but I just, yeah, haven't done as much. Yeah, like, like I say this to like everyone who starts a business, like track your numbers, like your life depends on it. Because I spent like a hundred grand on shit the first year. First year I was in business, I spent a hundred grand on holidays. Like, I did the exact same shit. And then when I was breaking up with my... I built up a big director's loan account. Yeah. And then you I got was, to take a big fat yeah, dividend I, I to pay I it off. I wasn't spending that much. And I was spending like 300 grand a year personally. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid. And you end, like I ended up with the biggest di- director's loan account, yeah. a dividend bill. Same. And in order to pay and that dividend already, tax yeah, bill, I've got to take another dividend. The money. This is the thing. Now going forward... I would always pay myself like a realistic, fairly modest salary. Yeah. Just PAYE, so I know the tax, the tax is paid yeah. each month. Because I think about it, I was paying... D- yeah, otherwise, like you say, a, a DLA, you're literally big, digging a bigger hole because you yeah. have to fucking take a dividend to cover your tax bill for money you've already spent. Yeah, and the, the worst thing is, like, I was on I was on a higher rate tax. So it was 32.5% and I worked it out backwards. It's 48.2%. So for, say I wanted £100 in my personal account, I had to send 150 But what that also meant was if I spent 100 grand, I got a 50 grand tax bill. Yeah. And then the next year, I got to take a 50 grand dividend to pay the 50 grand tax bill. That's another yeah, 25. They fucking, like, this is some, an area of entrepreneurship that is not spoken about enough. It's young people, genuinely guys, young guys, young entrepreneurs, guys and girls, starting businesses, making money that t- previous generations wasn't physically possible. Yeah. And, th- and then your accountants don't even fucking get it because they're just in a different generation I had a really good accountant but they didn't fucking get it and they were so slow and everything and they didn't give me any in hindsight why did they not give me this advice I was 22 when I started making like 300 grand a year profit from drop shipping and there's plenty of people in similar positions um, higher lower whatever like when you get that level of money you don't like Like looking back now like it's I mean obviously hindsight's 2020 but it's one of the biggest things that's A, not spoken about and B, it's just not taught anywhere because schools don't give a fuck and they're training you to be an yeah, tr- machine. Like, which isn't a conspiracy, by the way. It's a yeah. fucking fact. Well, it's factory workers, isn't it? Like back in the days where all they wanted was factory workers, it was it industrial I, revolution? I had like, no, yeah, like just, just no advice from anyone. Well, see, this, this is like, I find that a lot of accountants don't know their stuff. So a friend of mine, he used to do like uh, plastering and stuff. Mm. I helped him scale his course, Venetian plastering. Um, so he would teach people how to build their own Venetian plastering That's business. So niche. It's, it's mad, isn't it? And like, he was doing like thirty k a month with his with his course. He's scaled it back now because he's renovating houses and he's gone into like different areas of property. But like, his accountant told him to to buy rental properties. His accountant was like, take the dividend, a two hundred grand dividend, and buy a house. Hundred grand tax bill for a two hundred grand house. Like his own accountant, who's obviously dealt a lot with yeah. self-employed people, is telling him to take a hundred grand tax bill. Yeah. Like for me, I don't pay a penny when I move money across. Like it's it's crazy how one accountant, who I pay twenty k a year to because I've got complex structures, has saved me probably about a million in tax. Yeah, I think it's so important, and it's an area I try not to speak about because 
I just, I'm fuck, yeah, I feel like you shouldn't give financial advice on this. Yeah. But the advice is just, yeah. You have to put a disclaimer below the video. Yeah, honestly, like, <laughs> one big mistake was just, yeah, I, I was that, as probably everyone is, I was that stupid early 20, like, had access to money for the first time in my fucking life, which was my doing. It's like, like Lambos my face and holidays and yeah, like, you don't realise. Yeah. And why would you realise? Like, it's fucking natural when you're, especially a guy, like, full of testosterone and start making yeah. money. I want to stick it to the man, like, dropped out of uni. Of course I'm going to ball out a little bit and do stupid yeah. shit. But you know which what? I don't regret, but I just wish I'd had better advice. I think... Around it. See, this is the thing with my, my mate who's doing the agency. Like, he literally takes my advice so seriously. Like, I've said to him... Yeah. So, I'm really big on buying real estate, renting it out, doing flips and stuff. Um, so, like... I've said to him, like, any money you make from your agency, put into a rental property. Mm. Um, whether he does it or not, it's, it's down to him. But, like, my advice is put your money into like, cash-producing assets. So, like, now I've got enough property that even if my course doesn't sell, even if teach doesn't work, even if everything else doesn't work, I can just live comfortably off my properties now, which means I can just put full focus into the one thing that I want to grow, not worrying about profit. Like, profit yeah. is not even a thing for me anymore because I'm never going to grow a 500 million pound company if I care about making money I've just got to care yeah the ultimate so, only it's true yeah I've just got to care about one thing only which is building the most epic product and yeah I, I, th- I think also like having passive income is so like underrated like people need the ability just to like if, if you're a, a true entrepreneur and you want to build something epic the first thing I would say to do is just buy some sort of asset that produces cash flow because then even if you have a bad month or whatever you're still stable you can still pay your bills you can still focus on everything and the amount of like the the way that makes you feel like when I go to bed at night I feel so secure because I know even if one big fuck up happens and I don't make any money or whatever like it's fine because I can I can still wake up in the morning and just put all my effort into one thing because property is paying the bills and stuff but yeah yeah, yeah, it's definitely like my philosophy. So like Ruben and that, like I've just said to him, like all money and property, don't take big de- dividends, don't do this, don't do that. Don't buy like stupid cars. Yeah, like he, he literally texted me the other day. He's like, you've made the fuck ups. I'm learning from your fuck ups. So and valuable, like, man. Like, yeah. And like he, he keeps his living costs the same as what they were. I mean, he's, he's had a little splurge here and there on like a, a nice new car, but not, not to the point where it's like Lambo. So it's like a nice three series. Yeah. Like, and he's just so, like... The guy's like 22, 23, just ridiculous, so sensible. Yeah, for, I, I wish I even had this podcast when I was like 21. Yeah. I honestly do. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there was others to an extent, but they're never that honest. Yeah, it's like just if, a fucking problem. If, I, if, I, if I'd watched a video back then of like, the lessons I've learned, I probably wouldn't I'd have... I'd be a billionaire by now. Yeah. <laughs> I probably shoulda. wouldn't have paid Her Majesty God knows how much in tax. Yeah, same. Jesus fucking Christ. Things I, my problem is I don't mind the corp tax and that's not a problem. It's the dividend tax when you don't realise it and you fuck yourself over with it. That's the, yeah, jeez. But it, it's, it's not really that. It's my ignorance, isn't it? But Yeah, yeah. it's just mad. I, I guess you, you just fucking learn, don't you? All right, I, I guess we could speak about that for fucking ages, but yeah, it's just... Yeah, I feel like passionately about the fact that like young entrepreneurs have like... The fucking system doesn't care. They're not there to yeah. help you. But see, I remember no when... No one gets any of this. I advice. went to my granddad once. Um, so, like, my granddad's like my dad, like, he's the guy I go to for everything. And he was like, yeah, they'll tax you on everything. And, like, bear in mind, I'm, like, really young at this point. I'm, like, started making good money. And he's like, yeah, like, you're never getting around tax. Like, they will take money off you at every point. Like, tax on fuel, tax on income, tax on everything. And, like, it genuinely feels like the system is completely against you. And unless you learn the way, especially ways. when Boris goes and has a fucking house party, in oh yeah, 10. yeah, I think they've locked down, haven't they? They've, uh, Jeez, like, I just, 
yeah let's not get started on that but yeah yeah I definitely wish I had the advice back then because yeah same I guess yeah that's that's the general message to wrap things up then soon um I guess you've kind of already answered it but I, I seem to be asking like two questions at the end of every pod now like f- firstly what's the goal with everything in the very long term you kind of said it I guess yeah. with Teach for, for, for me my biggest goal is just to build a company so big that I can just turn up to work every day and just feel like I'm working on my mission like my actual goal I know remote work is like a huge thing but like I just Gymshark I look at I watch Gymshark's videos Ben Francis' yeah. videos and just like the culture he's got going on with all his employees is just like my dream. Like yeah, if I could mad. have like one office, San Francisco, like a bunch of people all working on just one big thing together, just like yeah. one big community. Yeah. That's like, that's like my goal. Yeah. Just to have one, one epic company where everyone just like, where everyone turns up to work cause they, they love it. Like, yeah, I feel um, that. Yeah. That, 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 that's the end goal for me, but probably be like two, three years away once teach takes off and we're at good valuations and stuff. But yeah. So, all right. Final question. If you could give advice to your 17, 18 year old self, well, how old are you now? Uh, 26. All right, same as me, yeah. I wasn't sure if you are like 23 or 26. Um, yeah, if you could give advice to your like, 18 year old self with what you know now, and I'm sure there's fucking loads of things, it certainly is for me. I would, the, would one, the one bit of advice I'd say is. Just broadly speaking. Screw the material stuff and just focus on one product, like mastering one skill set, whether it's media buying or whether it's building e-commerce or just hone in on one skill set forget about everything else and just learn how to serve people on that one thing like you're the expert like with courses and stuff what I do now the one thing that really makes a difference is if you solve one particular problem better than anyone else you'll do really well like that's that's it just solve one problem like an expert and you're done like you can you can build off that yeah sick all right, cool. Um, fuck, that's a pretty long chat. I feel like we could have gone down so many more rabbit holes, yeah. but people probably fall asleep. Um, yeah, that was really fucking interesting, I think. I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, yeah, episode 20, geez. As I'm saying every time, we're doing 52 episodes in 52 weeks. That's the fucking plan, boys. Um, I say boys because the audience is literally 99% yeah. male, <laughs> according to YouTube. Some females. I think the 1% is going to be my mum when, when I send her the link. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, yeah, if you're enjoying the pod, recommend it to a friend. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good shit. Um, and yeah, hope you enjoyed the episode. Catch you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>